Sports Factor Sports 24 by 7. You're listening to the fifth episode of the podcast. What does it take to be a tennis player? So, for those who you just started listening to our podcast, welcome, and we highly recommend you to check out our trailer and our first episode in order to get to know more about us. And um, I, Danvin, and my co-host Tanmay, along with a special guest Siddharth Wada, are going to be discussing about today's episode. So now Wada is going to introduce herself. So go on, Wada. Hello, my name is Siddharth Wada. Uh, I'm a senior in high school. Yeah, I'm also a tennis player and uh, part time I play basketball. Yeah, and for those of you who know or who don't know, he's not any ordinary tennis player. Okay, he's one of he's the best tennis player that we know. So we need some features, and we called him out today. And his some of his biggest achievements are he played top ten in India under twelve. Under fourteen and under sixteen, and he was the number one tennis player in the state for three years. So that just shows how great of a tennis player he is. And in today's episode of the Sports Perspective podcast, we're going to be covering three segments: playing tennis at an international level, and what does it take to be a tennis player; current tennis updates, and the latest NBA updates. As Wada mentioned, he's a part-time basketball player. That's what he said, but he's actually better than all of us. So that's not really part time, and he watches the NBA as well. So best believe we have some heated arguments coming your way. Okay, now and for the first yeah, yeah let's no, jump no. right into the first uh, segment, which is like basically asking questions and like to Wada like about playing tennis at an international level and what does it take to be a good player, or the best player, and the top of your uh, the top of your, uh, the league. So now first question, I guess Tanmay is going to start this. So yeah, go on. So uh, Wada, we just like to know. You know what your day would look like in when you had many tournaments in during you know the season and how how would you go about you know playing yeah. the tournaments and, and so uh, most of the time my day would mostly look like uh, depending on the match I would get up and then I'd have my breakfast and then I'll go for my practice and for about forty five minutes so I don't get too tired and then we just. We we just wait till the match comes, and just I just listen to a lot of music before that because it helps me regroup, and helps me focus. So and then uh, after the match, regardless if I win or lose, uh, I just go straight back home, and uh, we do a stretch and strengthening, and we're done for the day. Okay. Yeah. So now, like, okay, you talk about strengthening and also what you train. Like you, tra- as far as I know, you all these train on a daily basis. So what do you? What kind of training do you do? Like, did you do when you were like? So yeah. During tournaments, we do maintenance strengthening so that you don't get any injuries uh, related to, you know, overuse of muscles or anything to that. But uh, otherwise, if I train normally outside, or in the off season. It's just mostly like whatever I'm lacking in, I train, and whatever helps me on court and suits my game, I train more. Okay, so I think he's making it sound like it's less intense than what it actually is. Yeah, probably it's very very intense, and it goes on for like a lot. Generally, during tournaments, even I know that it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, you try to limit yourself and try to not over overdo it. But during the off season, you know, how hard do you go? Like, what's your, what's your, how do you see like if you've done certain amount of time, how much do you feel satisfied with generally? Uh, 
I mean, again, it depends on that current situation I'm in because I get injured a lot. So I mean, if I'm in, if I'm healthy, then it's it's really tough because for off season you have four hours of tennis in the morning, then fitness, and then again three hours of tennis in the evening. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, like, now, as you were just talking about how you you get how you get injured a lot, so I just have a question. So, has like injuries actually changed the way you played, or like has stopped you from any way, or like, uh, like how did it affect your player? How did it affect you playing tennis as a sport? Like, uh, and even the mental mental side of things, you know, how has it changed your yeah, perspective? So, I mean, uh, in my my own case, for me, it hasn't really changed my game. I played almost the exact same, but that's because after injuries, there's the rehab period, which takes time. So main thing is, it's injuries are super time consuming, which yeah. sucks because it can go into the season, and you miss a lot of tournaments because of that. And I've had several major injuries where I haven't played for about two years, and I've lost a lot of, uh, you know, ground for that. Yeah, so, and, and it's like, also like very. You yeah, can't. for for the mental side, it's it's basically how you take it. You can take it as like, uh, you know, as a good thing that okay, may I need to work this body body part a little more so I won't get injured again, or I mean, how other other players do, they just get feel depressed, which I I don't think is the way to go. Cool. Yeah. That's, that, that's that just limits. Yeah, and that's good to know that you don't and. Talking after injuries, uh, the thing what what I wanted to know is, as, as as to be on the top of the place you are, so like you you had to make a lot of sacrifices, I believe. So, are there any sacrifices that you made and like you know, which you did? Yeah, yeah. Uh, main sacrifices, of friends and uh, yeah, yeah basically. Yes. Mo- most of like if you were my age when I started tennis. You'd you'd mostly probably be seeing kids at my age just be playing around downstairs and all. No, I haven't. I I started doing that once I, you know, started getting a little yeah. better at tennis. But otherwise, I just had to devote my time to tennis to get better. So that's the that's the sad part about trying to achieve yeah, about, something. Yeah, just adding on to that as well. You know, many people see it as you know being an athlete or being a specific person. It's very easy task and it's looked upon as if, you know, like anyone can achieve it. But then it really takes a lot and there's a lot that goes on. Personally, when you see it, that's when you realize that there's more layers and more levels to this than you realize because it's not very easy. And there's also, as apart from the sacrifices that you make, it's a lot of, it's a lot of demand that's like you have to do more in order to be better. And so how do you see us? Uh, what's your approach, you know, and just those days when you don't feel like uh, going at it or what's what's your take on that i mean really some days i i really don't feel like getting out of bed and waking up but then uh, i try to see the eventual goal of what i have been you know training for what what all i've sacrificed and like all those years i've sacrificed would be put to no use if i just give up for one day right yeah yeah, so, so like again, you can take like into account on. like mental toughness because you have to be mentally prepared for, you know, to be prepared for what to do, what to play, and you have to be prepared for the future. So, 
Okay, yeah. So is it sort so so is it your approach like where you try to uh, visualize and see things and try to predict too much or you just go out there and see it like on a when you're playing the game beforehand, would you take it to the game and then start making decisions or you previously think too much about it and then sometimes it happens that you get yourself into a, a mental yeah. state which you're not liking. So how if, do you do uh, that? Like let, let's say if I'm playing a, a match, I try not to think about the match too much before because it gets me overly anxious and yeah. I get I get tight while playing and I start shanking the balls but then uh I mean I try to stay in the present so that I can know what's going on how he's playing and then adapt according to how he's playing uh and also talk about injuries uh Tanvin would you like to ask him about what you know the major injuries and yeah like what yeah what are the major injuries like you told you had to like stop playing for 2 years or something and also like yeah. is it true that is it true that you uh, like sometimes you've played through injuries when you had them have you like tried playing and has it like had like was that a bad thing or how, how did you go through it like what what are the major injuries you faced uh so i had a tennis elbow when i was 11 years old i was out for about a year and then yeah. right after that i had a extra bone in my ankle and i was out for a year after that as well and the extra bone in the ankle i was playing quarters in uh delhi and i, I don't know how i played but i played i think three games and i just uh gave a walk over for the match because uh, it, it hurt a lot yeah and and also he played you know basketball also with us yeah exactly like two injuries like, and we've seen him play through injuries but never he never really told us the level of it he just covers it up at the end and says i'm fine and exactly he literally it. walks it off so that's what i would say like you know he like he would never give up cuz i've i've literally seen him he had something on his feet i don't know what it was it was a bad injury he had and he still played any and he was the best on our team then too so you know how much of a player he is and how he doesn't give up so that's his character that's what we're trying to say here so what what do you think are some of the consequences playing through them i mean uh main consequences aggravating the injury for sure but yeah. like uh, other than that i guess nothing else i mean if if I you mean, know you tried your hardest even though you had an injury i mean it's a major boost to your confidence confidence as well. yeah so that truly that, affects you also when yeah it's 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 a good part about sports it's like you, you, you know that with, while i'm injured only if i play at so hard it really makes it like psychologically you feel that when i'm healthy like it's like unstoppable you you feel like you can't be stopped at all so what's uh, I, like is it true that you have a big injury recently as well and what's like the yeah. journey ahead uh so i have a a lesion an osteochondral lesion in my knee so basically mm-hmm. it's a hole in my knee because of uh, overuse of my knee because of tennis and i mean i've been trying to rehab since the past i think 6 months but it doesn't seem like it's getting better i mean doctor said i i should be having surgery but i opted not to just try to see a more a better way so that i won't have to do anything invasive which would take like a 3 year timeline to get back to so i mean i'm trying to find different ways and i found this guy named uh his program's called knees over toes 
So he basically argues points that doctors think are right. And he does the exact opposite of them. And it actually helped me. And I start. I wasn't able to squat until a month ago. And the doctor said I wouldn't be able to squat unless I had surgery. So, I mean, it's, it's tough. But then it's yeah, going to take some more tough. time for me to get back to 100%. Yeah, and also it's really important just to say that, you know, while, while we're going through all this, you know, many people feel like there's no way ahead. And when people start saying stuff, that's when it becomes a little bit of a panic situation. Or yeah. You start thinking things that you don't really want to think, and but then they just happen because of what people are saying and it really gets into our mind and makes us very anxious. But then it's yeah. important to realize that there is always a way out, no matter what. It might take some time. But then, yeah, so it really makes you pers- like mentally more tough and also builds on to you. And later on, when you come off things like this, I feel like that adds to who you are and it also gives you a sort of perspective on how to approach the sport better in, in a way. Yeah, and what I have a question for you. So this is yeah. about an athlete. Like, So as an athlete, you know, people always, you know, if someone's ex- excelling at a sport at your level, like you know people be like he only does this he can't study and you know but people as far as i know i like it's harder to like achieve a lot in sport than studying like in the age you are right now like you know what i'm saying suppose you want to be good at like your level you want to go to nationals and win there's so much effort that you have to put forward but people don't recognize that and they say studying is a lot harder like doing stuff is a lot harder than playing they make they make fun of you that you can't do this but they really don't know the uh, like uh, like all the uh, stru- uh, like all the sacrifices you've made and all the things you've made so any like any comments on that does that uh, mean anything to does that hurt you and like have you ever faced or does that does that not bother you at all like how does it what what do you think of i mean yeah they do i mean we live in india uh, most so, yeah. most indian parents are just looking for their children to be doctors engineers and whatnot but then luckily, uh, my parents both were supportive and they wanted me to choose what I wanted to do. So, I mean, it was easy for me because I didn't have that much pressure on my hands. So, like, even studying, I, kn- I knew I had to have a backup plan just in case something yeah. big something. happened in my career. So, I mean, I should have always had a backup plan, which is good. Uh, so, like, that's why I kind of focused on studies as well a little bit more but then uh, the amount of time it takes to excel at a sport uh, is way is a lot more than people think yeah exactly takes, that's the point i was trying to put forward yeah it takes think- a lot of a lot of time consuming so it, it it like affects your school schedule and every schedule you can possibly think of in a regular person's life yeah and i think it's also a way where instead of looking at it as sort of a sidekick sort of thing where people think that you know people only do this for you know part time or people can only be good at it like it's just a mentality where you look at it from the side and say no you can't do this for like like as the main thing but uh, re- in reality reality you can do anything anything that you do requires a lot of work but sports is really sort of underappreciated in terms of what you have to do in order to reach where you want to be even if you're let's say studying or when you people write je all the time and they try to put in so much effort 
and but if you say you're playing sports or people start laughing at you saying oh you can do this what where will you go so it's just like you have to view everything in the same perspective is what i feel instead of putting some things down and making some things up that's just not the way to look at it yeah all all these people are they're just basically trying to say that they can't do it they themselves can't do it so how are we supposed to do it so they're just taking it, it to their their perspective which doesn't make any sense because we may be totally different from them True. yeah our vision yeah, like yeah exactly our vision is different from any any other person so we they don't know what our thing is our goal is so that's what they can't so we shouldn't just care about what they say exactly but yeah we should just go on with what we have in our minds is basically like they can see what you are seeing right like yeah. if you are seeing what you're seeing no matter how much i try to relate with you it's only you that knows how much what you want to do and how you want to do it no matter how much i say it doesn't matter so it truly depends on how how tough you are and how you look at things like if you get derailed by listening to what they are saying then there's really no point in doing what you do so you have to i think even belief plays an important factor in what you do yeah have trusting the process and doing it con- consistently so i think those are some things that eventually add up and you can see the results but then they, yeah. they don't come immediately yeah that's what exactly okay so these are some things that we look uh, regarding the tennis player and being a good player now the second thing we are going to be discussing some second segment some tennis news so danvin would you like to start the second segment yeah so what again this is a question to you i want i wanted to start this off like who's your favorite player like and why is he your favorite player like give us few reasons on why and who's uh so my favorite player is novak djokovic since i've started tennis when i was uh 8 years old i mean he wasn't a big player when i started but then i just liked how he played how he attacked the court and uh right now you can you can see his mental toughness like he's probably the only man to beat federer yeah after being two match points down in wimbledon last in 2019 like it shows how how mentally tough he is and this year in the french open when he beat sitsipas after two sets down he wasn't playing his best tennis in the first two sets but then he he kind of regrouped and started adapting and started controlling the game after that so that's what i mainly like about him is his mental toughness his style of play and uh, yeah that's pretty much it cool cool okay so now now like you told what's your favorite and why now we just want to tell ours and like you know from outside perspective and if you have any statements contradicting to that you can you can of course tell us okay so yeah tanmay who's your favorite player like according to you who do you think is the best you know i'm really, really not familiar if i'm being honest but then i've really it's a very cliche answer also i like federer i don't know this is just about something about his game and the way he plays I don't know much about the sport you know like I I don't know much details but I've seen the Wimbledons and you know although Djokovic beat him as many times not necessarily once the thing about Federer I like the most is that his style of play and the composure he keeps throughout the game and he makes sure that you know nothing really can even though his players are playing really tough he's just I, I don't know it's the, something fluent about his game or his style of play that's what I draw most like I don't know him personally like his characteristics how he is personality wise but then it's just the style of play that has drawn me towards him and that's why I really like him. Yep. And yeah. 
So yeah, anything to say to that? Like, cause even I'm about to say Federer. Like, even I have like two or three points. Cause like many people don't know that even I've played. Like I've been to many tournaments for tennis before. Like even coming to Indoors. So for about three to four years, I've been. I was playing a lot of tennis. Like I've been to tournaments and I've never watched tennis, but I've always heard Federer's name. You know, going around, coming here and there, and him like winning most of the tournaments. And if I'm not wrong, he's won about nineteen uh, Grand Slams in about like he's and he's so old. He's about thirty six years. And that's why I think he's good, or he's better than anyone else. So, like, what do you, what do you, like, what do you say about that, Wada? Yeah, so he's won twenty Grand Slams, but then like, uh, and he like the top three players, Nadal, Federer, like the big three, Nadal, Federer, Djokovic. That they're all the, you you can't compare them to anyone else. They're on their own level. So, if you want to compare them, you compare them with them themselves. And like, uh, I mean, Feder obviously started off a bit more earlier than Djokovic, Djokovic and yeah. uh, well, Nadal caught up to Feder uh, last year with uh, twenty Grand Slams. Okay. So, but every Nadal and Feder are tied at twenty, and Djokovic is right there at nineteen after winning the Roland Garros, uh, I think last week. So. It's really tough because uh, Federer, I mean, he doesn't seem like he's going to win more right now in the way the next gen and Djokovic are playing. True, yeah. So uh, what I see it as, Djokovic started off later and he still picked off a lot faster Grand Slams while playing in such a competitive environment. So that's why I think he's the GOAT. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Even even what about um, you know the Russian player right now? I think his name is Medvedev. Yeah, Medvedev. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty the, sure he's the second best player right now. Like currently, I mean he's ranked yeah. number two. Yeah. But what do you think of him? No, Medvedev is a very unorthodox player. He's uh, when when he wants to do something, when he wants to actually win, he he'll he'll actually win. Like how he did in the last three months for 2020 i think he said he's gonna win these three tournaments and he won all three of them so he's a he's a different type of player but then i don't think he'll Wait, ever so is that a bad thing level. or a good thing like who are you trying to say is that a good thing to have a bad thing i mean it's it's a good thing in a way but it's a bad thing that he his game keeps on keeps on fluctuating that he loses first round sem- semis against second round finals so I mean, like, if you want to be at the level the big three are at, you got to be consistently go to semis and finals almost every single tournament. Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes sense, you know. And also, there's even every sport, you know, players that when they want to play and when they feel like it, they are going to absolutely dominate. But it's also showing up when you don't want to, and you know, winning when when things get tough, and also not necessarily. When you don't want to exactly, so I don't know. I've not even heard his name. If I'm being honest, I just got to know today, so that's why we asked. And you know, we're just trying to know yeah. what you think of him. Yeah. And also, the obviously you know Djokovic beat uh, Nadal. It was on a clay court as well. So, what was the take of that game, that particular game, and what do you think was the key factor which? I mean, I think uh, Djokovic played Nadal in semis, right? So yeah. he, I think Djokovic was more, he was more confident. He was more mentally prepared for the match. He he was, I, I don't think Nadal knew because I think Nadal might have been a little more confident than before. 
and that might have led to more overconfidence and he became tight and when you tight you start shanking and missing balls very easily yeah. so it it might have been because 3 weeks earlier he, they played in Rome in the finals i think and Djokovic lost to Nadal uh and like i think i think i don't know what it it's ac- actually is but i think Nadal was just a bit shaken or anxious really anxious and just Novak just took control of that because you can't give top players such a Chance. big gap Yeah, you just can't give them a chance also. Yeah. Uh, and also, we want to talk about the next thing, which is, you know, Naomi Osaka. She's uh, one of the best players, female players that's currently playing. And also, yeah. she she withdrew withdrew from the Wimbledon. And there's been some recent incidents, you know, about her not wanting to talk about talk with the media and you know some. She's just twenty years old, right? And you know some things that she's dealt with, you know, mentally. There's a lot of things going on on the mental side, so I just wanted to ask you about media and how, what, what do you think of? Yeah, so like, uh, like the thing is that, uh, yeah, how does media affect a, a player's game? Like, does it affect a player by a long shot or like just a game or two? Like, what do you think about it? Sort of like an outsider, you know, speaking again, getting. I into mean, like the media really does too much when coming to any sports person like uh, they can twist words what however they want and they can start talking shit about them which is which is not right and yeah. like uh i guess in Naomi Osaka's case i i don't i don't i think she was just sick and tired of the media because uh she wasn't in the right health uh for her in her mind so i think the media just kept on putting pressure on her and asking unnecessary questions and putting more load on her mind when she was already not in a good state and so it's also like you know she also spoke about how she's an introvert and before matches she just listens to music just to you know not deal with the people and you know, just to avoid them and also sometimes with media what happens is you just lost the game and you come down to answer the questions that they're telling you and then they ask you what went wrong in the game like it's just been 10 minutes 5 minutes so yeah it's sometimes Sometimes it's just things that you know they ask. And yeah, and sometimes you know it's not only that. Like there are also worse questions than that. Like they ask, and that really affects a player mentally as well. That's what I believe in. Like once you lose a game, you're already like tired and everything. And you once you you like you. I've seen Blake Griffin. He's a basketball player. I've seen him talk about this, and he's literally called like these post-game interviews pretty stupid. Because you know, like you you're tired. You're tired. You play and you come. And imagine you know have to like sit for twenty minutes and. Answer to every single question you you've been asked. See, that's what I. There's so many memes. There's so many memes also out there. You know, the one which they asked the Russell Westbrook. They're like, did you guys lose this game or did the opponent win the yeah. game? I'm like, there's it, no. He was like, what? <laughs> so this is just sometimes that they end up asking such questions which have basically there's a direct answer to the question that they know. Like there's a particular answer that they want, but when the players tell it, even though they they get the expected answer. They twist your words and write differently about you behind the scenes, brother. So that's yeah, they try to happen. make you the villain. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's also like you know, the media feel as if they're entitled, and they're it's the player's job is to answer to their questions. So the media feel as if oh, it's compulsory for them. So now let's ask whatever we want to, regardless of what the players think, and it just yeah. ends up going sometimes you know, goes down in a very bad way, and then. some really stupid questions are asked this also yeah affects 
but she's just like she's just 3 4 years older than us and which just blows my mind because being number 1 and dealing with that for so long and at such a young age you know personally if someone came to me and asked also that would never happen but then i'm just saying if if someone would ask me right after a game you know what happened and what went wrong and stuff you can't really say something bad as well because then you're going to be put as a villain again like you can't say them oh what kind of questions they're asking but so it's basically nowhere to go and just a lot to deal with i think that's what yeah i mean really they just try to provide athletes and uh the world with false information most of the times yeah they just give a wrong interpretation what's going on yeah yep okay. so i guess we're so done with, uh, i guess we're done with the segment and we have one last thing the nba playoffs update so we have about uh we we just finished watching game 7 of Brooklyn Nets versus the Milwaukee Bucks so we're going to talk about that first Brooklyn's loss to the Bucks what have you what are your views tanma and vada like what are your views on that so then after your views we'll start talking about the uh, stats and everything man i don't think bucks deserve the win i'm being honest they're not worthy of winning that series <laughs> i thought i thought the nets would win the series i thought they would sweep them also i mentioned this before i thought they would sweep them the sweep the bucks Unfortunately, things just didn't go the Nets' way. No injuries, and uh, even James Harden was just playing on a single leg. KD gave it his all, but it's really Kevin Durant who carried the team, and there was nothing else. He got tired at the end as well. Imagine he like playing 52 minutes. Exactly, we could see the game, fatigue. 48 yeah, minutes. Yeah, we could see the fatigue factor come in. You know, at the overtime. Yeah, but you can, you have to give credit to the Bucks as well. I think they made some good adjustments in the second half, coming off the first half. No, they really put Giannis switching, and they switched him on all players who ever had the ball. But then, man, I just didn't expect the Nets to go out like that, and <laughs> all the Bucks fans are very happy and exactly getting excited. Yeah, so now it's just sad to see that. Yeah, and what are what do you say? What what are your views on the loss? Yeah, uh, I am a hundred percent hardcore KD fan, so I'm gonna be a little biased to the towards the Nets, even though I'm also a major OKC fan, but. <laughs> Yeah, I really wanted the Nets to win, but then uh injuries really impacted the game because Harden wasn't playing at his full potential. He wasn't able to explode off that leg, off the hurt hamstring leg, and then Kyrie was out with the right ankle sprain. And uh I mean, Jeff Green, he, he kind of fluctuated. One game he played well, one game he didn't. I think that was with most of the role players. I mean, we needed Joe Harris to step up. when we actually needed him and he he didn't so it cost us the game because KD can't really do everything yeah There's and too much pressure on him. exactly and now what i would say is that you got like the thing is that you can't take the win away from the box like you the thing yeah that's true yeah you can't take the win away from them yeah so like it's, it's theirs they deserve the win but then if it was in a if they if the nets were a healthy team it would have been a totally different outcome true that's true cuz you know they were bucks were down 2-0 like you know when the nets were there when they were playing properly with the whole team they were down 2-0 but then i would say even even though even though like james harden went off like he wasn't playing coming back from a 2-0 deficit it's pretty hard against kevin durant you know when he's especially putting the numbers like 40 42 48 in every single game and when he's showing up even though he's only there it's pretty hard for a team like you know Giannis I'm not going to say Giannis he's it's his first time like this I would say that even though I'm not I'm going to say he's not that experienced to like a level you know to fight against 
like uh, Kyrie, KD together at the same place. And then, but yeah, their defense is what helped them. What that's what I believe in. Uh, box defense is what helped them. Even though they weren't able to guard KD up to a while, but you seen the match. You see the match. You saw how uh, PJ Tucker was able to at least tire KD around. You know, he was at least able to play physical. You know, push around. So, what do you think about the defense of the box? I mean, I really would say they they didn't slow down KD that much. Yeah, not exactly, not slow exactly down. Slow, slow down. But you know, they at least like I would say they they challenged KD to a to a level. PG Tucker especially. I I, I mean, think there they, were teams they, who they, have to have challenged KD more in other series as well. Yeah, you know, I I think it was just it was a mismatch with the other players because the Bucks Harden were was they just missed like one. Player. Yeah, Harden was really crippled, man. I don't know how he played as well. Like. Like Harden supposed to be the playmaker, and in the final minutes of the game, Kevin Durant is making the plays, and everyone's on the side giving him ISO. So yeah, it's, it's like, so it doesn't match up really because that's sort of James Harden's job, you know, to make the plays. But then when you expect a power forward to make the plays, and you can't make plays all the time as well. So exactly, but just even though like, see, the thing is that even the Harden was there, it wasn't that impactful. Like that's what I'm saying. Like so, Harden, if he was healthy, I'm pretty sure Nets would have won this. But yeah, things are things like injuries plagued uh, this series. Yeah, it's sure. not just not just him, uh, not just the Nets. Also, throughout the league, it happened. Exactly, They're, all the teams have been facing injuries. Yeah, the, the short off season the Lakers, really like, affected it. Exactly, yeah. like LeBron. LeBron tweeted about it. Like, yeah, so like even our prediction, my prediction was Lakers, and his prediction was Brooklyn for the finals. And both of them, both the teams were plagued by injuries, and that's the reason why they didn't, you know, even pass the first or second round. So yeah. So oh, my mine was mine was way off. I, I was okay. See, they didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> they don't even have anyone. How did you expect them to make the playoffs? Man, I thought they were gonna make the playoffs at least. You know, make some fifth seed. You know what, what they did seed. last year with yeah, Chris Paul. Hopes, I, I I thought Shy was you're gonna carry, fifth, but then he got fifth, injured. The thing is that you're seeing fifth seed in the West when their teams like you know Lakers, when their teams <laughs> like Utah. Like what Dude, that was my expect. I thought Shy was gonna be like a superstar this year, but he got injured. So it's, it's like Jamuran got them to an eighth seed, and Jamuran's brother. You'd expect him to get them to fifth seed. That's very <laughs> yeah. high expectation. Yeah. But then, you know, even talking about Chris Paul, you know, I feel like he's very underappreciated. Got the yeah, OKC to he, such a high seed, is. and the Suns are in two seed. And I told they would be beat last series, and I I got proved wrong. So it's now the Clippers versus Suns, but then, what's your thing about Chris Paul? You know the way he's been playing throughout the season, and how he uh, the Like I mean, I mean Chris Paul is literally, uh, he he's a savior for franchises. Wherever he's gone, he saved the franchise. Like uh, OKC, OKC was <laughs> literally trying to rebuild the team. I don't think they were trying to make the playoffs last year. But I guess Chris Paul wanted to play, and he proved everyone wrong that he's not washed, and he carried the team and like guided all of the young players, including Lou Dort and Shy, which really evolved, which they they really evolved into like stars right now, budding stars. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lou Dort also, you know, Chris Paul has spoken high about and. It's sort of his leadership, and which affects now it's affecting you know Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and yeah. Mikael Bridges and the other people. So it's just his leadership, you know. Apart from the leadership, his mid-range game is really also lethal. People don't recognize that. And true, like yeah, he, so, he he dropped about I guess thirty-seven points or something. If I'm not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's undersized also. Like all the matchups, he's undersized, but then still he goes out there and you know does the things that he does. 
It's like yeah, yeah, like people say he's the point guard. Like he's the point guard. So you know he knows what he's doing and he can literally he can he can scan things on the floor and he he'll be able to do what he can like with his IQ with the help of his IQ. And that's what I believe IQ is what like it's like can take you to another level where people cannot be. So only the best of the best have the best like IQ which can help them in their game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and while we're talking about the season, who do you think is going to be now moving ahead? Uh I want I want the Suns to win it all, but then I have a feeling that Bucks are going to win it all if they make the finals. Yeah, see, exactly. So like the Bucks, you know what they uh, they I believe the Bucks are going to win. Because they literally swept the team, which was been to the finals last year. Okay, fine. Heat were disappointing, but they've been to the finals last year. You can't take that away. And they swept that team, and they beat KD. Even though he was in all the unhealthy team with injuries, they took it to yeah, Game Seven. Yeah, and uh, they beat and KD. now he, after they beat the Nets, the Bucks, the whole team is gonna have some supreme confidence. Confidence, yeah, exactly. Which yeah. Is, <laughs> so, yeah, which is gonna translate into the game. So. I, I honestly think it will be a cakewalk if it's so, in yeah, the do you finals. Guys, uh, do you guys think any like Atlanta or Philadelphia, do you think they can beat the Bucs by any chance, both the teams, either of them? Like, uh, I, 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 think it, I think if Philly, Philly goes to the fi- conference finals, then they might take it a game six or game seven with the Bucs. Uh, only because of Embiid, but then, in, but in that case, Tobias Harris and uh, Ben Simmons have to step up because so far it's been mainly uh, Embiid and Seth Curry. True. Yeah. Yeah, we have to give credit to Seth Curry as well. I mean, he's been playing lights up. He's the one who yeah. scored along with Embiid, like yeah, the last two games. He's been really showing up. Ben Simmons, you know, reporters are reporters were asking questions to Doc Rivers if they were going to bench Ben Simmons. That's yeah, how he bad has he's been to playing. actually start playing well. It's like his soul. He can't, he's like, he talks about being the defensive player of the year and you can't guard Trey Young. And he talks about, you know, his game being, everyone talks about his game. and But then he's not doing anything offensively, if I'm being honest. Not trying to hate or anything. Yeah, then, he's not. He's not doing anything. Exactly, like, he's not like giving anything to the team. He's not putting the, putting anything on the, on the table to the team apart from defense, but which he's not been doing lately in the series. I don't know why. And yeah, so at least, at least make the free throws that you're taking. Even that's not happening properly. And yeah. coach, coach says that Ben Simmons doesn't score and he does things apart from scoring. But it's really like you're not even doing the things apart from scoring. And so, the Sixers. I think all he's trying to do is facilitate, but I don't think that's kind of working. Yeah. Because you. Six ten. Yeah, like all the facilitators, they need to score sometimes. They uh, they only can't be able to like set plays and all. If you have the ball in your hands, yeah. you are responsible for scoring sometimes too, right? So you can expect your other teammates to always, you know, like come according to your play, and make it happen. Like, like if it's a regular season, he can score, and he can casually, you know, go in the paint and he can make shots in the paint. But then it's the playoffs and the game entirely is different, and the intensity is also different. So I don't think he's necessarily caught up with it, or I don't know what's wrong. But then it's just Embiid who's carrying the team. He also has some in- nagging injury, which is also sad. But I want the Atlanta Hawks, you know, to beat Philly. And possibly yeah, make a I run to the Bucks because yeah. they're the underdog, you know. And Sixers, man, if they have to really, if they, if they really deserve it, it's when them both step up and they play together as a team. Right now, it's more like two, three players are playing, and the rest of the team is just chilling. Yeah, I mean Trey's lights out this series. I mean throughout the whole playoffs, actually. Yeah, he, even he like people don't talk about Atlanta also. Like they're just. 
ignore yeah. them and see you don't find them anywhere on ESPN true like you know like or... even though i've been like watching everything i've never heard many like things like this game 7 isn't as anticipated as the game 7 which we just watched today even though it's the bucks yeah. exactly even though it's the bucks and nets i guess game 7 with having like embiid or uh, an mvp candidate and having trey young should be exciting but like from what i've Apparently seen on, it's not yeah exactly from what i've seen on social media there i've i've actually seen nothing about the hawks and the series compared to other series so people should it's only about trey young exactly people should yeah exa- people should start talking about the team more cuz they've actually been achieving like even though not achieving a lot uh, it's too soon to say that but they've been playing well cuz they took the first seed to game 7 and that's a huge thing actually for the atlanta hawks so yeah that's what i'm saying and while we're also going to be talking about the okc your favorite team yeah they have around 28 draft picks I don't yeah. know how many years. Probably they have for the next 10 years. Exactly. I guess sure. the next decade, it's just there for them. It's theirs. So what do you think about that? You know, and and about this draft, they have a chance of possibly getting two top five picks. And what do you think of the future of OKC? And what are your hopes? Unrealistic uh, hopes. Yeah, few future for OKC is super bright. I mean, they're rebuilding the whole team around that, so it can be a championship team. I mean, they they kind of got unlucky with the whole Harden trade. But I mean, they they lived through that and the rebuilding for twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, and so on. Twenty twenty three, twenty twenty. Yeah. Like, I have a question, Vada. So, like, don't you think having a lot of yeah, they have a bright future, but don't you think ex- like yeah, exactly. Don't you think experience also plays a major role? Like, only having future, like only having like high draft picks coming isn't important in a team, right? So, what do you think about that experience? like yeah so i mean that you think of kemba translate to a a veteran player because like right now kemba got traded to the thunder so rega- maybe he might play if he does play it'll help the team and the players like how cp3 did yeah and uh probably if kemba leaves they're going to try and find another veteran player and trade for some draft picks or some other uh young players and i i think honestly uh the OKC shouldn't have traded Moses put put Moses Brown in the in the trade package because I he's, think he's, he's an amazing player. young star yeah and also I don't think Kemba is going to stay there I'm being honest I, I mean I, they they said that about they said that about CP3 CP3 said he had no intentions of playing but he played <laughs> and it made the, got them to playoffs so and with the salary cap also about, like he's over about 73 million Yeah. Yeah, teams are going to doubt him as well, but I think if Kemba can make a run, he'll again be solidified. But OKC, yeah. I don't see them anytime soon. You know, when when you get young players and when you get the young talent, it's just a different thing. It takes some time to come, but then I truly think it's just a rebuilding phase right now, and you don't have to worry too much about, you know, getting veteran players and stuff. Yeah. But bold bold prediction. OKC is making the playoffs next year. Okay, she's making the playoffs next year. So, okay, let's okay, let's see if that. Let, let me tell you who all is there. So there's the Jazz, there's the Warriors, yeah. there's the Lakers, there's the Suns. Yep. There's the Denver. You can't you can't put Denver. There's Denver. You can't put Denver. And really, I didn't even say the Clippers, and it's already seventh seed. And Dallas, Bro. eighth seed. See, they're exactly what I'm, I'm telling you. Somehow, somehow, the OKC is gonna make it. You think Somehow. you know each you know every single team he he plays like at least two play, uh, super players are there superstars are there in each of those teams so do you think OKC can really 
come past that yeah man we we got shy we, we got shy <laughs> lou dort you know we we got uh kemba now if he plays yeah so it's 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 bright and i hope <laughs> they make playoffs I, i'm not even sure if they can beat minnesota it's like no nah, they'll be minnesota for sure <laughs> no, I, don't so. I don't think that's happening like, oh, I mean, and, and they have that Alex Poku. They have Poku, the the new guy from yeah. Europe, who looks like Adam Silver's son. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. Bunch of chips. So I'll just see. <laughs> so yeah, so when they come into the league next year, they're gonna have a chip on the shoulder. So they'll have to prove themselves. Who OKC? Yeah. They won't have any chip on. Okay, the like shoulder. not exactly. Yeah, the, the things that they they, they have no no pressure at all. <laughs> they're going to play for. Just money and you know, some wings probably. The the only person who's gonna have a chip on Kemba, his shoulder yeah. is Kemba. He what? because he has something to prove. He has to prove that he's not washed. Yeah, people think he's washed, but then OKC they don't have anything to prove. As long as the GM gets more draft picks, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, Sam Presti is goaded for that. <laughs> I don't know. They have so many draft. Picks. I'm like the shot. But I don't think so. The draft picks are really. They will help them in a long shot, but not right now. So what? it's gonna take a long time. Wala, do you know about the next year's draft by any chance? Any players that you know? If so, who do you think should come to the? Oh. Who do you think is the best player? <sighs> I have no clue. Honestly, any of the f- top three draft picks are gonna yeah. be good for me because, like, let, let let's say. Let's say Chet, nah, but that that's gonna be twenty twenty two. Yeah, Chet. Twenty twenty. Yeah, so for for twenty twenty one. There's Kate um, Cunningham. There's Jalen Green. There's. Yeah. Uh, no, I I want Kate Cunningham. Yeah, I, even I even I want him to go to the OKC. I think he can truly get the freedom that he wants. Also. No, I want Kate Cunningham or Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, but I think Kemba. If he plays there, I wouldn't think he'll stay there. So they need someone, but then. I don't. I thought it might clash with Kemba, but then yeah. Because I I I think Jalen Suggs gonna thrive in OKC, but then but then the I mean Evan Mobley's projected Evan to go Mobley, yeah. to OKC. But Evan Mobley, I don't. Yeah, you all need a forward or something. But I I don't even know any anyone in the team except Blue Dot and Shaq. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I think that's it. For today's episode, yeah. So I think that's it for today's episode. And uh, is there anything you want to say about her, like about the India or anything else you want to talk? Anything about? Anything in general? Anything you want to uh, say? No, uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you for having me here. Thank you, thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming and thank you for spending your thank time you with us. Thank you for coming. You know, we Absolutely. can get hopefully some listeners from by getting you, and <laughs> yeah. hope everyone also enjoyed. You know, just listening to a perspective and. That's what we're all about, you know, in our name as well, you know, providing perspective about sports and hopefully you enjoyed this one. So, Tanvin. Yep. And so, yeah, uh, thank you for listening to us. So, we, uh, we're currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And please uh, also, uh, also follow our Instagram handle. It's pod underscore sportspective. Sportspective, sports24%. Thank you, guys.